invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the New Testament book of Romans. Romans chapter 8, Paul's letter to the church at Rome, chapter 8, beginning at verse 14, where Paul writes, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this opportunity to study it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus Christ, amen. It's Father's Day. It's a very special and a holy day. It's an opportunity for us to celebrate those folks in our lives, our fathers, other men who are like fathers in our lives, who have helped to shape and mold us. For some of us, we celebrate because our fathers are still alive among us and we have the joy of being part of their lives. And for some of us, it's a time to remember. It's a time to give thanks to God for those people who may have gone before us, but help make us who we are today. Father's Day is special for me because I was blessed to have an amazing father. My father grew up incredibly poor. My father grew up in an alcoholic family with an abusive father. He did not have the same kind of relationship that I have had with my dad. And so he was determined that when he started his family, it would be different. He worked so hard to provide for us. He worked 80 hours a week to make sure that we had food on our table and clothes on our back and a nice home in which we could live every Sunday morning when we would get up to go to church, which is something he did not do when he was a child. We would get up, come to eat breakfast, and all of our shoes would be lined up against the wall where he had shined our Sunday shoes so that we would be ready for church. Every year when school would start back, we would get to go to town and we would get the new jeans and the new shirts and the new tennis shoes and all the things that we needed. Our father worked hard to provide them because he was determined that we would not be made fun of like he was made fun of when he was a child. So he taught me an amazing work ethic taught me the value even of my faith. For every Sunday, we join together as a family to worship our God. So Father's Day, it's one of those holy occasions for me and for our family to be able to remember what that was like. And then it's a time for me then to reflect on what does it mean to be a father and what does it mean to have an impact on somebody else's life. Father's Day. A very special, special time. 
And it's a time for us to think about our relationships as family. I mean, family was the first unit of society. And when we watch the breakdown of the family, we watch the breakdown of society. So this is one of those times for us to pause and reevaluate what does it mean to be a family. As I was thinking about Father's Day, I was reminded that Jesus did something pretty controversial in his time. One of the things that Jesus did that was very exceptional was he called God Father. And that was a very unusual thing. Now remember, Jesus was raised in a Jewish family. When you read the Gospel of Luke, for example, you may be reminded of how Joseph and Mary followed all the letter of the law. They did all the customs and things that parents were supposed to do to raise their children in the faith. So Jesus grew up in the faith. He grew up with the teachings of the Scripture. He grew up in the synagogues with the teaching of the elders. He grew up in the temple. We know every year they would go to the temple for Passover. He experienced the high holy days. Jesus understood reverence for God. And he also understood that using the name of God or implying relationship with God was something very significant. As a matter of fact, most Jews, even today, will not dare utter the exact name of God. I have some friends that are Jewish, and when they send me things and they mention God, it's often capital G, just an underscore, and then a D, because the name of God, reverence to God, was to be so carefully considered that we dare not take the Lord's name in vain. It's why the name of God, Yahweh, that we find in Exodus, actually eventually becomes Jehovah or Jehovah, lest we accidentally take the Lord's name in vain. It's why in many of our Bibles you will see the word LORD in all caps, and that's because behind that word is actually the name of God, but lest we utter it in any way without divine reverence, we will substitute it for the name LORD. Jesus knew the commandments, Exodus chapter 20, for example, and the Ten Commandments we hear, you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses His name, Exodus 20, verse 7. In the message, Eugene Peterson paraphrases it this way, he said, No using the name of God, your God, in curses or silly banter. God won't put up with irreverent use of his name. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 11, this is actually repeated again because it's such a vital part of the faith. And yet when Jesus prays, he refers to God as Father. The, the sense of awe and reverence is there, but there's also a sense of intimacy which would raise eyebrows considerably, did he just refer to God as Father? That kind of relationship with the God who created the whole world by simply saying the word? Uh, did he just say Father, that kind of relationship with a God who can part the seas? Our Father. As a matter of fact, when the disciples are asking Jesus, will you teach us to pray? We want to pray like you pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, 
Jesus, when he teaches the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that we just prayed together a few moments ago, Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven. Jesus invites us to have that kind of an intimate relationship with God. Our Father. And yes, there's still that reverence for holy is your name. But reverence and yet intimacy. Our Father. Paul is writing to the church at Rome. The, the book of Romans is often considered to be Paul's masterpiece. It is his greatest theological work. And as Paul is writing to the church, he says, now those who are led by the Spirit of God, well, you are children of God. God is our Father. We have this amazing relationship with God. And, and Paul wants to make it very clear to us that, that, that we have an intimate relationship with a God who so loves us. Yes, a God who is well beyond us. But at the same time, a God who desires to be part of us in relationship with us. So Paul says... We actually have received a spirit of adoption. Every time I read that scripture, I'm reminded of a friend of mine that I grew up with. He lived in the, the community where I was. He was a little bit older than me, but he actually went to the church where my wife Nancy went when she was growing up. And his family owned one of the country stores that everybody knew that store, everybody knew that family. His name was Joey. And Joey was adopted, and he was so proud of the fact that he was adopted. And he would tell us on a regular basis, I was chosen. His family, from the time he was little, as they share with him that, that they had adopted him into the family, they shared, we chose you, we wanted you, we picked you, we chose you. And Joey, even as a little kid, would walk around going, I'm chosen. Your parents, they got stuck with whatever they got stuck with. I'm chosen. I am chosen. What Paul is sharing with us in this beautiful scripture is that he's celebrating our chosenness. That God looked at us and chose us to be his children. That God chose to relate to us in love as a divine father. He's inviting us to be part of his family. But then Paul takes it another step. Not only do we refer to God as Father, Paul says when we cry out, Abba, Father, it's that very Spirit of God, the very Spirit of Jesus Christ Himself, bearing witness with our spirit that we really are children of God. That word Abba is one of my favorite words because that's the word that a Jewish child would have used when they crawled up on their father's lap. It's that intimate word that says, Papa, Daddy. It's beyond the formal 
Father, but it shows the intimacy of a relationship. You are Daddy, Papa, the intimacy of the embrace. It's one of the most powerful things then that that we experience that we're invited not only to be in relationship with God, but to have a God who's our Father, but a God who even more intimately is Daddy, Papa. That when we're going through challenging times in our lives and, and difficult times in our lives, or even when we're celebrating the greatest moments of our lives, our relationship with God is, is a relationship of intimacy. Abba, Father. We even hear Jesus use that same term. Remember, just before Jesus is to be crucified, he goes out into the Garden of Gethsemane. In Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 35, listen carefully to these words. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground. Now picture this, Jesus knows that the cross is the next thing that will happen in his life. And he goes into the garden to have conversation with God. And he throws himself on the ground, the anguish, the the need, I need to talk to you and I need to talk to you now. He threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Verse 36, catch this. He said, Abba, Father. Picture Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that he's about to die for you and me. He throws himself down on the ground, cries out to God, Abba, Daddy, Papa, Father. For you, all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. The relationship was so intimate, and the pain was so real, and yet because the relationship was so tight of, Abba, Father, I trust you. So whatever you want, not what I want. Paul in this scripture is inviting us into this level of intimacy with God that we are children of God. God's spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ himself witnessing with our spirit that you are children of God. And not only do you have a God who is Father which is amazing in and of itself, you have a God who invites you to call him Abba. The intimacy. Papa. Daddy. So remember who you are as we go through this Father's Day. And we celebrate our earthly fathers. We remember our earthly fathers. But remember who you are also as a child of God. One of the things that I would often share with our children when they would be getting ready to go somewhere, to go spend the night with a friend or to go on a trip with the youth group or some other group, 
when we dropped them off at college, when we took them to the army, we would often say, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Because you are a person of value and worth that God so loved that he would give his life for you. But not only that, you are so valued and so loved that your God invites you to be part of his family. You can call me Father. You can call me Abba. Paul backs this up later in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 16, the second part of the verse. He says, For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and will walk among them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, Come out from them and be separate from them, says the Lord. And touch nothing unclean, then I will welcome you and listen. And I will be your father, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. I will be your father, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Thomas Merton was known as one of the great priests and writers of spirituality in, in our time. And, and, and one day he was having a conversation with another monk. And as he was becoming famous, he's in this conversation he said, you know, if I make anything out of the fact that I am Thomas Merton... I am dead. He looks at the monk and he goes, and if you make anything out of the fact that you're in charge of the pig barn, then you are dead. So what is the solution? How do we deal with that? How do we handle the temptation? Merton goes on to say, quit keeping score altogether and, surround, and surrender rather ourselves with all of our sinfulness, to God, who sees neither the score nor the scorekeeper, but only His child, redeemed by Christ. That's how God sees you. His kid, His child, redeemed by Jesus Christ. John in his prologue in John chapter 1 verse 12 said, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And in 1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, John says, See what love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, he says. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. 
Beloved, we are God's children now. It's Father's Day. It's a time for us to pause and reflect on all those people who have touched and shaped our lives. It's Sunday. And every Sunday is Father's Day. When we, the children of God, join together to give thanks to a God who so loved us that not only did He die for us, He said, you can call me Father. Actually, you can call me Abba. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for the intimacy of this relationship that you desire for us not simply to have a religion, but a relationship with you as our God, as our Father, as our Abba. And God, there are times when we're going through Difficult times in our lives, difficult times in our world today, difficult times in our relationships today, difficult times with a pandemic today, that it is amazing and it is wonderful. It's such a blessing not only to have a God who is all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, but a God who is our Father. There is a relationship, but not only a God who is our Father, a God who is our Abba. We praise you for who you are and for the privilege of being your children. In the precious name of Jesus, who is the Christ, our Savior, our Lord. Amen.